Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, welcome to Parenting the Adlerian Way. I'm your host, Adlerian family counselor and parenting expert, Allison Schaefer. Each week, I answer your burning parenting questions to help reduce the stress of parenting one tip at a time. We'll explore Adlerian psychology together and learn methods of child guidance for raising a happy, confident, capable, resilient child. Hi, it's Allison. Welcome back to the podcast. Today we have an episode of Q&A, so thank you for your patience in waiting for me to get to your questions. And just before I begin to answer those, I do just want to take a moment to say that I am in solidarity with my friends in the Ukraine. We have Adlerian associations around the world, and the International Congress was to be held in the Ukraine in August, and I was uh, a keynote speaker there. It was supposed to be in person. It got switched to a webinar because of COVID. But I did spend my time with um, my international friends with the host city of Lviv. And I have friends there. And we are constantly now on WhatsApp. And I'm getting um, videos and on-the-ground news and updates. And I'm very concerned for my friends. And um, as everyone is concerned about the Ukraine I am doing regular Instagram posts to provide support for parents who want to know how to manage this situation with their children. So follow tips and things over there. But uh, I just felt I needed to say something before launching into my Q&A. <laughs> so let's begin. The first question is, we have a four-year-old boy who is an only child, and we've been concerned about his social development and perhaps some anxiety. Since he was almost two years old, he does not want to partake in group activities where the teacher facilitator asks the group to carry out instructions, like circle time at various drop-in centers or group exercises in the parks and recs class. 
both pre-pandemic and up till now. He does talk with the teacher's facilitators, sometimes with peers, and helps out when asked. Additional background. Since the pandemic, he's had a limited social exposure with peers and other adults and has never been in daycare or school. He's had a few playdates here and there and has been to various recreational classes, up to eight students, through the Park and Rec program. And he does play with others that he doesn't know at the playground, albeit he's still learning how to share and how to cope with disappointment. In terms of intellectual and physical activities, he's on track or above average for his age. My husband and I have a decision to make. A, does he go to senior kindergarten? He turns five at the end of November. SK is optional in Ontario. Or B, we go traveling abroad as a family. Some parts of the travel would include staying in one place with friends and family where he would be exposed to many different people of various ages. Our questions are, how important and crucial is it that he goes to school this coming year for his social development? And how do you suggest to look at, compare his net benefits of the school experience compared to the travel experience? So thank you for the question. And of course, it's your decision to make, but I'll weigh in with my opinion. (laughs) Um, So we have a a unique situation here whereby um, we, many of us that were raising kids in the early years missed the opportunity of that um, socialization that happens in daycares and programs. You got a little bit in, you got a little bit in, which is great, but even then you could see him struggling. He didn't want to take the lessons. He didn't really want to talk to his peers. You know, he sees, he's, there's things to be learned. And those things um, are taught by peers. You know, there's things that adults can't teach when you're an only child and you live in the world of only your parents and you don't have peers. If you don't have other authority people to give you instructions and directions like, you know, ECE people, other teachers and coaches and things, he really hasn't been exposed to that outside world. And so in Adlerian psychology, we talk about the idea that we want to train our kids to be socially interested, to get along with their fellow man. So we want to take the interest off of ourselves, an only child, and off of our parents, and instead to, you know, the operating in a group. And so a group is a classroom, a a group is um, a nursery school, a group is a daycare group, and he really has not had this exposure yet. And time to practice those lessons that that only your peers can teach you. And uh, by the time you get to grade one, if you took a year off and went to grade one, they really, there's a huge shift that happens. These nursery school, daycare, preschool, JKSK experiences are play-based ways to do the social training. And you learn a little bit of the ABCs and whatever, you know, there's curriculum there for sure. But it's really about getting kids accustomed to being socialized and getting that out of the way so that by the time you hit grade one, where you're expected to sit in a desk and sit all day and not socialize with your friends except for at recess, basically, he's going to really be behind and take a hit. And so... You know, it's wonderful to travel the world. I'm the first person to say that travel gives people so many experiences. But does it need to be this year? And is can you delay it? Could you get him in embedded and, and just have a successful social year with his peers in a classroom? I think that would be job one. And then travel. The other thing is at five, you don't really have a lot of memories. So it's not really sculpting and impressing upon them the same way as somebody who's, you know, closer to 10. And does it have to just be one year? Or could you decide to like make travel a priority that you do every year and do a different country every year and really get them all geared up and involved in that. So I I don't know your specific situations, but I would say it would be pretty risky to start a child in grade one without having had constant group 
experience with a constant stable group. That's very different than a cousin here, you know, a friend over there. It's really about functioning in a group. So my recommendation is if you can hold off, hold off. All right. And if you gotta go, you gotta go. <laughs> it's just my opinion. You gotta decide for yourself. The next one comes in. Hi, Allison. I have a son, nine, and a daughter, six and a half, and the nine-year-old is constantly bullying the six-year-old when they are with me or with their grandma, but not with my husband because he has an autocratic style of parenting. So, of course, he thinks that his way is working better. I think it's making it worse. Once my nine-year-old let it slip out to me that what he really thinks is that dad's the boss of everybody and I'm the boss of my sister. I've tried explaining all of this to my husband, but to no avail, I'm at my wit's end. I would really appreciate any advice you can give. Thanks so much. Yes, I can see why uh, he might not be too interested in changing his ways because it's working for him. He is a male in power and uh, he recognizes that he's got you under his thumb and he's got the children under his thumb and they behave when they're around him because they fear him, as you know, or they, they fear whatever will happen if he bullies his sister there. So there's power, control, obedience. And of course, if it's all working, why give it up? But, you know, it's only working in the short term and the part that he can't see and he's unwilling to listen to you about is about what we know about how it, you know, can hurt self-esteem and the relationship and we don't want to demean people. So there are costs and and those things are not just our opinion. Those things have been backed up by research and science, but he's not interested in hearing you out about this. Um, he's pretty ego invested in his stance. Once you get into a power struggle about parenting with your partner, you really have a hard time swaying them to change because now they're going to say, well, if I start taking her advice, then I was wrong and she was right. And if you've got an ego that says I must be in control and I must be right, that's going to be tough. And plus it means you can't force him. Think about it. If you're supposed to force him to parent the way that you want, then you're guilty of exactly the same error that he is, which is forcing people to to do as you say. And that that's not about cooperation. We're still in that one up, one down, superior, inferior arrangement of, of control over other people. We want to win his cooperation. So you can control you, you can control certain elements of the situation, but you need to live, leave him free to decide how he's going to parent. And unless there is something that absolutely crosses the line of being abusive where you would report it to the police or child services, um, I would just yeah, trust that the kids will manage. Sometimes you have a stricter dad. So accept the limits of your influence and manage what you can manage and do the same parenting, or that's not just parenting, the same human techniques as I would say do with the children. How do, you, how do we create change in our, in our children? We look for strengths. We try to encourage. We know that every day something could be different. Model good good interaction so that he can see why is why is things things going this way with my wife and not with me. Uh, but I don't think you can force him to listen to a podcast or force him to read a book. That's that's not where we're at with this. So he'll have to decide. But I think the more you're soft and gentle and cooperative, the more he might absorb and take in something that you might want to share. But I would say at the moment, you've probably said everything there is to say, and he's decided for himself. So give him some space and just get busy looking after the part that you look after. You know how you respond to the kids when they're when they're with you. And if you've been listening to the podcast, you know that um, uh, when we've got two kids that are fighting, 
and you can see the hierarchy of the brother over the sister here. We want to empower the sister to be able to find her voice and to um, speak up for herself and to not fight her battles. So go listen to any of the sibling rivalry podcast answers and um, and you'll see how you in that moment can hold on to your part of the responsibility of how you'd like to respond and, and um, manage those two. But isn't it interesting how we set a tone for the family and once they get sort of cast as hierarchical, it's sort of being modeled. So good for you for noticing that. Next question. Hi, I've got a question. Our six-year-old gets embarrassed very easily. It happens, heaven forbid, if she hears me tell her dad about something cool she did today, or even if she just handed me a piece of art and I say, hey, daddy, look how cool this is. Well, she's standing there with me. She screams, mommy, you're embarrassing me. And she runs away, wailing at the top of her lungs. Other than avoiding talking about her in front of her in any way, is there any way that we can help her be less triggered by things like this? Well, that's so interesting. Um, so it seems like when you're you're putting her in the limelight, she doesn't like it and she's calling it embarrassment. So embarrassment is an emotion that has to do with when we are breaking a, a social violation rule. And so that's very interesting because I think that speaks to the idea that, you know, we're, what social rule are we breaking? That we're, that we're not supposed to stand out and be superior. We're not supposed to be the tall poppy. We're not supposed to be better than other people. We're not supposed to be a braggart, right? So, you know, be humble. We have a, we have a social rule about being humble. She doesn't like this not being humble. So it may be that it, she doesn't want to stand out. That creates some psychological distance. It could be that it gives her pressure to perform. So like, do I always have to do that well? Does she not like to be in the limelight? Um, and with the, you know, some people prefer to kind of fade to the background and be a little bit more invisible. You know, if you're a shyer, more introverted type person, there's people who like to be on the stage of life as an actor. And some people like to be the director, uh, you know, or the the people that are involved with behind the scenes, people that make the sets and do the soundtracks. They're, you know, they're not on camera up front. And that's a way to go through life. So I'm sort of curious about what that's about for her. And the other thing that can happen is sometimes when we are putting the spotlight on our kids and we think that we're paying them a compliment, we can actually be pat patronizing to them. So when we suddenly say like, look at the picture, if if they're hearing that and saying like, I spent like literally no time drawing that and you're like all like, uh, like, you know, I'm a Monet. The disingenuous feeling that a child can feel is like, you think you're giving me a compliment, but you're actually really demeaning me right now. And I don't think parents realize how much they can inadvertently talk down to their kids by celebrating the simplest of things. Like, look at you, you like washed your hands. And they're like, yeah, I'm 14, I washed my hands. Like, <laughs> so perhaps there's some patronizing uh, there as well. But, you know, she can storm off and and whatever, um, let her go. I wouldn't be chasing her. She can self-regulate and just say, you know, sorry, you don't like the compliments. But I would circle back and talk to her at a time of calm and say, um, what do you find so so distasteful about that? And then you might have to come up with some of those answers like I did. Could it be, could it be that you are worried that 
um, that if you stand out, that that puts pressure on it? Could it be that you've been taught to be humble and not to have your qualities put on display like that? Do the could it be, could it be, and and either she'll she'll say yes or no, um, or you'll maybe get the recognition reflex, that little tingle in their eye, that little that little muscle in their cheek that sort of says, oh, I never thought about it that way. I think I think that's right. And then you've got a little bit of intel on her. And then you can let her know. It's okay for people to be excited about your successes. I hope you are too. Okay, next one. Uh, Hi, Allison. I'm looking for some advice on how to manage angry outbursts from my nine-year-old. She can be so sweet, kind, and generous. But more recently, she's been commonly displaying some rude behaviors and very quickly getting heated up and acting out with very angry outbursts that often involved her getting visibly stressed out and yelling. Her older sister and younger brother can sometimes do the same, but it's most common with my nine-year-old. I have to take some accountability as I know that this is behavior that I have sometimes been guilty of modeling and I'm actively working on eliminating. Any advice on how to coach kids through a problem that I know I am a part of would also appreciate specific tips on language to use and proper recourse when these outbursts occur. And then she adds additional content. I think the other contributors for my nine-year-old's challenges are pandemic-related. Difficulty in finding fun social times, her best friend moving away, resentment and jealousy of her older sister who, as a natural part of aging, has elevated her social circle relative to the family, including my nine-year-old as she individuates. And my nine-year-old is struggling to make new friendships and needs coaching on how to effectively team with instead of polarize people. And I believe part of her rudeness and attitudes above are getting in the way of making new friendships thanks so much parenting and kids are a work in progress yeah well so so thank you for you know your insights on that and that extra information that's helpful so here this is um she's a middle child and middle children tend to be the most discouraged in the family generally because they don't get the benefits of being the eldest and they don't get the pampering of being the baby. So it's a little tougher for them. But it seems like up until now, she was kind of having an okay go of it because this seems to be a new behavior. So something has discouraged her recently. You know, all when kids are acting out and we're starting to see more misbehaviors, we know it's because they're they're trying to solve a problem and this is their best creative attempt at solving those problems. But discouragement is at the key and encouragement is the basic solution. And a lot of the encouragement that kids need is to be socially embedded, you know, to find their place. You know, how can she be a successful middle child? How can she be successful with her friend group? And right now you can see how important the social life is because, well, she went into the pandemic, so we weren't able to have access. And then her sister gets older and instead of being like a playmate who might've been there in the house for her, now her She's kind of gotten more interested in her peer group and kind of leaving her sister behind. Um, She hasn't really uh, managed to finesse the skills because it looks like she's being a bit bossy with her friends. And so she's kind of pushing people away there. So yeah, that would, I would be discouraged too. And from that discouragement, she may, you know, now I don't, we'll find out what is going on where these little triggers happen. We all have anger as a tool. And as you say, you use it, you've modeled it. And uh, so now she's trying it on for size. You know, we know anger is really what we call the fighting emotion. It's in order to gain control or to win a fight. So I'm always curious about, that's an interesting tool to to use. You know, what fight are you trying to win um, you know, how is it that you can't get your way cooperatively? So I would look at those triggers. I would look at the family system to find out, you know, are you having family meetings? 
Um, are you helping people get their needs met in other ways? Again, to, to your point about modeling, if you're using anger to uh, try to win and control her, then she's like, oh, well, why wouldn't I use those tools too? They've been taught to me. Now it's it's my turn to have a crack at it. So I think your approach at saying that I'm really going to keep that in check is really important. Um, but let's get her some friends. Uh, let's help her learn to socialize in a way that she can be a leader you know, it's okay to be, it's okay to organize and, and use your leadership skills, but that is a different thing than being bossy. That's the domineering of other people. That's the part that you're saying she's not doing so well at. Um, and so those are finesse type skills. And um, some of the, I've heard that Second City, if you, I don't know if you have a comedy troops where you are, I'm not sure where this person's writing in from, but here in Toronto, they have like a kids camp for, for improv. And one of the great things about improv is, you, you know, you're, you're learning social skills, but you don't know that you're in a social skills training situation. It just feels like you're off at a fun camp learning stand-up. But you have to cooperate. You have to finish the sentence. You can't steal the show. You, you have to learn to balance everyone's integration with their different props. And so you're learning a lot of great lessons in a theater situation. So I think that's a might be a really great thing for her. That yeah, I think I think that's plenty for you to start on, and I think from the way that you've described it, I think your spidey senses, mum, are, are right on the money. Um, so let me know if you need any help with uh, how you'll channel your your uh, anger. Uh, of course, it comes up for all of us, but it's a matter of the difference between being reactive and responsive. Taking that pause, hitting a pause, considering our reaction, trying to think what's going to be helpful in this situation. And, um, you know, you can, you can control or win one fight, but all you do is, is create problems down the road. So it can be a short term win, but it's not a long term plan. So get those family meetings in there, you know, and, uh, up those tools. And I think you'll be off and running. So great, everyone. Thank you so much. Keep sending in your questions. I hope this is helpful. As you know, it takes a village to make a podcast, so thanks to my team, including Max Cotter, my editor and technician, as well as the crew at H2O Digital. This podcast was recorded in Toronto, Canada. We acknowledge the land we are meeting on is the traditional territory of many nations, including the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinaabek, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat people, and is now home to many diverse First Nations, Inuit and Métis. We also acknowledge that Toronto is covered by Treaty 13 with the Mississaugas of the Credit. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlingbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.